Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. We greet you from the promised land. Hallelujah. And we have a lot of great promises to, to share with you. Here's some fresh manna for your work week uh, in this audio podcast. Glory to God. This third week of June, 2010. Uh, let's begin here with Romans chapter 16, one of my favorite scriptures. Glory to God. Verse 17 says, as Paul's concluding this Tremendous letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the epistle to the Romans. I encourage you to sit down in one reading and read it. Please don't um, get in the trap of just reading chapters, maybe five chapters a day, different parts of the Bible, because first of all, there is no chapter and verses in the majority of the text of the Bible. Of course, Psalms uh, are put together acrostically in some of the uh, proverbial literature uh, and even some of the prophets. However, in the New Testament, especially the Gospels and the letters, um, there is no chapter and verses. Those are put there later by redactors to help us in reference purposes. The problem is uh, Paul or Jesus uh, really is not finished speaking just because chapter 15 ends and chapter 16 begins. So continue, read a whole book, read all of Romans in one sitting. Just don't parse it out and read different chapters at a time and you'll catch the whole letter, what God is saying, glory to God. He goes on and says here in chapter 16, toward this uh, tremendous exhortation that's going on, for I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teachings you have learned and turn away from them. So here's a recon verse. We're supposed to do reconnaissance. We're supposed to be on our guard post. We're supposed to look at those who are causing dissensions, those who are causing uh, strife, divisions among the brethren, among the warrior community of faith, uh, those who are preaching hindrances um, or occasions of stumbling contrary to the to the word of God and from turn away from them. Verse 18, for such men are slaves, not of the Lord Messiah, but of their own appetite or their own belly. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. So people that are not on guard, not uh, suspecting, testing everything. Don't drink the Kool-Aid out there, okay? Um people are going to be deceived and led astray by those that are smooth and flattering speech. I like the the word I heard once used, uh, wordsmith. Okay, we have a lot of politicians that are wordsmiths, especially Barack Hussein Obama, the Muslim in office, that America, uh, half of America, voted for, and he they fell into the trap of a wordsmith. You have goldsmith, you have silversmith, okay, locksmith, who works on locks, how about wordsmith? These are people that, that work on words, put words together. Okay, smooth and flattering speech. Now, what motivates these people? They're not slaves of the Lord Jesus. Okay? Now, when's the last time you heard a message on slavery? Well, this is, this is the word, this is the message we're bringing out today. Slavery. 
New Testament slavery. Hallelujah. Nobody wants to be a slave. It's like everybody just enslaved to themselves. Everybody wants to have emancipation, proclamation, freedom from all these different things. We live in a democratic society, blah, 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 blah. What about being a slave of the Lord Jesus? It's not, it's not about our destiny. It's about his destiny. What about going to Gethsemane, dying to our will, and living his life through us, okay? Well, there is those out there that are preaching a message that is about your destiny, okay? It appeals to your senses. It's a sensual message. The foundation and the shoresh or the root of it comes out of this place of people that are, their God is their belly. And folks, let me tell you something. If your belly, your stomach, directly connected to your taste buds is your driving force in life, then not only are you deceived, you could be a deceiver deceiving others, learning how to talk smooth and pull people in to the basis of your own lust, which is your belly. Okay? So we have a lot to talk about here today. Anyway, it'll be a short broadcast. Glory to God. We'll get right to the point. Glory to God. You guys are intelligent, and you'll be able to hear what the Spirit's saying through His Word today. It goes on and says, For the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, and the God of Shalom will soon crush Satan under your feet. If you're being overwhelmed by the battle, if the battle's too strong, if you... Um, are yelling out and crying for people to agree with you in prayer and help you, and you've got to find some worship service somewhere or some worship CD to put on, okay? Or you've got to listen to music in your MP3 player all the time just to, to try to survive the daily evil age that we live in, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. The God of peace is not crushing Satan in your feet, and you have to detract. Why, is, why do I not have the victory spiritually in what's going on? And this is tested and proven. This is not theory, folks. This is not philosophy. This is not just, you know, I read something and, and put it out as theory. We live this. I'm living this here in the Middle East, surrounded by the most demon-possessed people on planet Earth. We got them all over the place here, okay, right here in the Middle East. And if I'm able, uh, because uh, uh, believers here are the minority, and there's a very, 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 very small remnant here in Israel, so most of the time we're surrounded by demon-possessed people. If I'm able to maintain the fire, maintain uh, Holy Ghost chutzpah and boldness to take on the works of the devil, glory to God, and I shrink back into a bomb shelter mentality, um, if I'm able to do it, you're able to do it. Well, why? It's because of obedience, because there is a place of obedience, I've obeyed, hallelujah, and the fallout of that obedience, the fruit, the ramifications, the domino effect of this obedience has been, hallelujah, strategic, tactical warfare that works. Glory to God. Let's read this again. For such men are slaves, not of the Lord Jesus the Messiah, but of their own appetites, and by their smooth and flattering speech they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. So people, they're not just trying to hoodwink you in your mind. They're trying to deceive your heart, okay, through their belly, through their appetite. Now, if you're overweight out there, don't get upset. But uh, there was an old proverb in Bulgaria when I preached in Bulgaria many years ago. The former communist uh, country that had a, the underground church told me there's two things they did not trust. 
okay, was, and, you know, first thing was uh, the KGB, the communist system, whatever. But the second thing, they said, never trust a fat man. I thought, why a fat man? They said, the only people fat, okay, that were plump in communist Bulgaria were the KGB, okay, or the mafia. And that's funny, okay? So, again, never trust a fat man. Never trust a fat person, somebody that whose God is their belly, because you know they're living. It's not just because the DNA and the genes are floating around in there, and you know you're you're heavy. And come on, folks, you have a glutton spirit. If it's not a glutton spirit, then you're in a some type of sedentary lifestyle where your body rules you. Your comfort zone is your God and your idol, and you have not been able to uh, take off that excess poundage. And again, we have some teachings on the Spirit-Filled Lifestyle uh, Exercise website page. And we have things we've been talking about, folks. Come on, it's time to get the temples in shape. Don't get mad. Don't blow a head gasket. Don't get all bent out of shape and send me some hate mail. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get you out of that place. People know about, well, you shouldn't be smoking because it's not healthy. I agree. Shouldn't be drinking alcohol. It's not healthy. I agree. Okay, well, what about overeating? You know, diabetes one, two, all the stuff starting to flare up in people's lives over, you name it, because of the obesity syndrome, the obesity problem going on. And it's directly related here to people not being slaves to Lord Jesus. You can go out there, you have your stomach tied, okay, and all the knots that you want. You can have all the liposuction surgeries you want. You can go back and go into all these crazy diets and exercise fads and whatever. But the bottom line is inside your slavery is your appetite instead of your slavery to the Lord Jesus. Again, we're talking about slavery today. Being obedient servants, slavery, hallelujah. And as Paul says, he rejoices that their obedience, obedience to what? to their message, to their doctrine. No, to the Lord Jesus. Obedience to be a bondservant. Hallelujah. And he wants them to be continue to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. We've gone over this over and over and over again. If you want God, the God of Shalom, to crush Satan in your life, you've got to be innocent in what is evil. You don't need to be up on the latest uh, uh, shows and the latest TV entertainment, the latest satellite Entertainment, the latest entertainment on the website, the latest movies, the latest things going on in this world system, because then you're going to give over your ability to take on the enemy and you're going to become a slave to him. Uh huh. Wise in what is good. Hallelujah. And innocent in what is evil. God wants you to have a virgin mind when it comes to entertainment and all that evil going on out there. Come on now, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good here. This is for you today. Hallelujah. And so God doesn't want you to be unsuspecting. He doesn't want your heart to be unsuspecting, deceived by those whose God is their belly. That's right here in Romans chapter 16. Now, it's interesting. Um, Let's talk about obedience today. I was uh, in the north uh, last weekend. Uh, Excuse me, last weekend I was in the Valley of Armageddon two weekends before. I was in the north, right up there by Tel Dan. Uh, Dan is the uh, headwaters of the Jordan River as the water comes out, the watershed out of the Mount Hermon. We talked about the mystery of the Mount Hermon, one of the mystery of the places of God's habitation, and beautiful, pure, crystal, cold water coming out. And it's in the headwaters area of Dan that uh, the ten tribes of Israel did not obey, okay, 
They say, we don't want to be a slave to God. We don't want to be a slave, especially to Jerusalem and Judea. So they went and did their own thing. And most of the prophetic literature was geared toward them uh, before their destruction in Samaria at 721 at the hands of the Assyrians. So they went and set up two abominations, one at Bethel and one at Dan, their own altar, okay? And uh, Jeroboam led that in Jeroboam 2. And this is the altars that Hosea and others prophesied against. And I was in that area, beautiful fertile area, beautiful rivers, uh, tributaries up into the Jordan River. And I noticed as I was walking down this um, natural uh, uh, park path that there was these um, little plates put into the cement on the sidewalk talking of the Jordan River where it's mentioned in the Bible and Hosea. And then I looked up, and over our head was this beautiful architectural uh, overhang, half open, half closed, and had grapes growing in there. And I looked at the, the vines, and it just really made even more sense to me when Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from the vine, you can bear no fruit, you dry up, and the Father is the vine dresser who comes in and prunes us, okay, that we bear more fruit, or he cuts us off and throws us in the fire. And that's what Jesus is bringing out here in John 15. Beautiful. You can read it uh, later. But he goes on and talking about abiding with him. Okay, what does it mean to abide in him? Just to be born again? Just to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, I think there's more to that than just basing yourself, well, I've accepted Jesus, he's my Lord and Savior. Well, is he really your Lord? Maybe he's just your Savior. And Jesus talking about abiding in him, and abiding in him really begins in John 13, where it says here, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I loved you, that you love one another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I totally agree with that, totally and I'm, but I want to look at a different angle. Is love just this emotional feeling of loving, having compassion, being forgiving and patient and kind, all these things that we've read about in the Bible? Or is love also obedience? Very interesting, isn't it? John 14 says, uh, verse 11, Believe me that I am in the Father, the Father in me. Otherwise, believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you do in my name, I will do, that will I do, excuse me, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So a lot of people talk about God's love and how much God loves me and how much I love God. But if you really love God, it's not just an emotional expression, okay? It's not just an emotional gushing. I mean, you can go watch, um, um, you know, Home Improvement Store. Uh, you can go watch uh, Disney Channel or whatever else stuff out there and get a feel-good feeling about a movie, about a situation, somebody losing their dog and it coming back. Or a feel-good feeling, you know, whatever, about somebody getting a new house, okay? And a home improvement, and these people come in and build out a new house, and everybody's crying and cheering. Come on, folks. Okay, but that's not the love of God, really. That's still phileo, brotherly love. 
The agape love is not just a self-sacrificing love that God gave his son, okay, and his son gave himself for us, but it's us giving ourselves not just to love God, hallelujah, but to obey him, obey his commandments. And that's what kind of irks me lately is, uh, you know, getting in discussion with some believers about, well, all we need to do is love, you know, like the Beatles, all you need is love. I'm like, come on. If all we need is love, then why do we have so many loonies running around here talking about God as love, but they don't obey God. They don't obey his commandments. God is looking for obedient children, not people who just agree and say amen, okay? He is looking for obedience in this hour. And that's what it means here. If you obey me, you'll, you'll keep my commandments. If you really love me, you're going to obey my commandments. You ain't going to do the things that you want to do and go out there and know that, thinking that I'm going to forgive you. That's what people are doing. People have a license for sin right now through the heavy grace message. Okay. Oh, God is love. God loves everybody. I mean, come on. That's what the homosexuals community, the sodomites are morphing the word of God into a detestable heresy. Oh, God is love. God loves me as I am. What? Give me a break. When in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. It wasn't Adam and Steve. Amen. And so weird doctrines are going out because people are slaves to their own appetite and not to God. And God sets the precedent here. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he goes on, and the Lord Jesus is talking. If you abide in me and I in you, ask whatever you will, it should be done to you. My father is the vine dresser. He's going to come through and he's going to prune you. Pruning shears, always going to take the chainsaw and cut you down and throw you in the fire. Hallelujah. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Apart from obedience to him, we can do nothing. I don't care how much you dance around the altar and how much praise and worship services you have and all these good feel-good messages, okay? And the communion we have with brothers and sisters and reading the Bible and thanking God for the promises, okay? I, but it, nothing will surmount beyond that Sunday service, if you do not obey him, obedience is what he's looking for in this hour. Now, um, I want to discuss a few things here that, glory to God, that will toast us right over the fire so we can be obedient servants right to him. You know, we live here in the promised land, and we got a lot of people not keeping his promises. We live here among the promised people, okay? And then people blow head gats and say, wait a minute. The born-again believers, were, we've replaced Israel. And I understand that argument. And I want to say, not that we have done away with Israel, but yes, believers that are born again, okay, that have been transferred from light, from darkness to light, okay, are the chosen people, are the promised, okay, make up, so to speak, this Gentile and Jewish believers, this church where we have Koinonia together. However, there is a prodigal son out there called Israel, the Jewish people that have not come into their full inheritance because God has blinded them. So it's kind of like a yes, but not yet. We have the worldwide church. We have the nations that love Jesus and want to obey him. Glory to God. Yet we have a remnant of Jewish believers, Romans 11 says. Yet God is still reaching out his hand 
all day long to a disobedient, gainsaying people. Has God rejected those disobedient people? No. Okay, and that's where you and I come in. You and I are coming in. We're here in the promised land. You guys are drafting with us. Hallelujah. And we live with people that are, quote, quote, the promised people, but not really keeping the promises. And a lot of Americans, Canadians, Europeans that come here as believers, they go to Jerusalem. There's a lot of, you know, stuff going on there in Jerusalem. But where we live in the center of the country, there is just a secular, uh, God-hating, okay, secular Israeli culture that's all about me. They're just chasing their own tail. It's all about me and my family, okay? It's all about my hedonism, whatever makes me feel good. And what's happening is that the Israel is splintering into tribal um, communities. The Orthodox are fighting with one another between the Sephardic and the Ashkenazi. And you got the secular fighting the Orthodox, Orthodox fighting them. And then you got the Bedouins, and then you got the Israeli Arabs, and then you got the Russian community. Uh, folks, we, and you got the international community, and you got the Palestinians besides that. We got all these different factions going on here. And so it's just a miracle this country holds together. You say, well, why is this country like this? Why are we being held hostage by a few terrorist, okay, militias? Well, I'll tell you why. Is whenever Israel sinned, God has allowed her enemies to rise up in strength against her. And we're seeing that right now. So Israel needs help. They are the prodigal son of the New Testament. They have not yet come into faith to the Lord Jesus they need people who are obedient. And I'm not talking about just loving them, doing goodwill projects for them, okay, and blessing them. That's all great. I'm not talking about just interceding for them, standing in the gap, being prayer warriors, doing prayer watches, prayer walks, etc. Great, wonderful. But I'm talking about being obedient. Being obedient to what God has told you to do will cause a domino effect. Look, God, the reason you're drafting with this ministry is God has supernaturally given you a spirit of intercession. Supernaturally has given you a spirit of love for his prodigal son of the New Testament, okay? And a lot of well-meaning Christians don't understand that they come over here to try to bless the Jewish people that the Jewish people don't want to hear, okay? They're obstinate, they're stiff-necked, they're disobedient. And so... To show their love, they want to bless them with humanitarian projects and goodwill. And uh, and to do that, most of the rabbis will get involved and say, listen, if you want to help us and bless us, great, but you can't talk about Jesus, okay? You can't be a missionary. You can't um, tell people about that they're going to hell unless they accept Jesus. Well, that's the spirit of Antichrist. So what happens is you have these believers that come over here, and they get caught up in that washing machine experience. They can't really get out of it, of blessing Israel but not preaching Jesus. Okay, the greatest form of anti-Semitism is to, is to know the good news of the gospel but not share it with Jewish people. Because they, that's the f- number one thing Israel needs is to know Jesus as their Messiah. So in that interim period, we can bless them, okay, and we can pray for them. That's wonderful. But we need to be obedient and evangelize and preach the gospel whether they want to hear it or not. Go to those, go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Hallelujah. And this is really where I see the friction going on is that there's not enough believers obeying God, obeying the Great Commission here in the land. So if you really love God, you're going to obey his commandments. 
Okay, this commandment was to love him. He gave us also commandment, the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So what we're moving into, brothers and sisters, is a time of obedience. The purpose God puts you in the desert is to get you obedient. He puts you in the wilderness to get the wild out of you, okay? And he puts you in these situations to bring you forth like pure gold. Now, in Hebrews, it's very interesting. In Hebrews, the theme of, of the, the last days of the visitation of the glory of God in Hebrews chapter 10, saying, yet in a little while, verse 37, he is coming, will come, and not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So if shrinking back, God has no pleasure in us, and we want to please him, not please ourselves. Shrinking back from what? From the vision, okay, which is Habakkuk 2.14. The vision is that the intimate knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Glory to God. Shrinking back from that vision because we're not living by faith. Well, um, the actual Hebrew word faith here uh, from the word amen, okay, is actually means faithfulness. It's not so much the substance of faith in your heart. It's the character of faith, being faithful. Okay? So God has no pleasure in those who are not faithful, but those who fall into disobedience. And so the, the promise here is really starts in Hebrews chapter 10, that sacrifice and offerings thou hast not desired, a body thou hast prepared for me, verse 6, and whole burnt offerings, sacrifice for sin, thou hast taken no pleasure. So again, there's God does not have pleasure in us that we pull back from being faithful to, to the visions. Number two, he does not have pleasure in the sacrificial system of the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled it. But still, what is this sacrificial system? Well, it's a quotation here of Hebrews chapter 10 directly from Psalms 40, where David is prophesying, uh, sacrifice and mill offerings thou hast not desired, but uh, my ears thou hast opened. Hallelujah. So the writers of the Septuagint translation understood that if God has your ears, he has your whole body. So they saw the sacrifice of one's body that pleases God is the sacrifice of having a hearing ear. Remember Solomon asked for wisdom? The original Hebrew is Lev Shomel. He asked for a hearing heart. Okay, he didn't ask for more brain tissue, IQ level. Okay, he asked for a hearing heart. And this is what we're centering into right now as we begin the final uh, moments of this audio podcast. God is looking for obedience. He's looking for those who will sacrifice. Okay, he's looking for those that will uh, become a bondservant. You know, we see in the beginning of Paul's writings, he talks about the servant, Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end, he talks about bondservant. Well, what's the difference between a servant and a bondservant? We see in Exodus that when a servant worked faithfully and got his freedom after seven years or more, and he said to himself, you know, I love my master more than my own life. And he came back and became a bondservant. And the master took his ear, part of his ear, and put it on the doorpost. Okay. And that was a sign that this man who earned his freedom, loved his master more than his own freedom, came back, became a bondservant. He wore that um, scar on his ear. So it's interesting that this is what he's looking for. He's looking for this Gethsemane experience in your life, in my life, where we find that secret place, hallelujah, of obedience. Not the secret place of just his presence, the secret place of healing, the secret place of provision, secret place of jubilee, secret place of worship. Come on, folks, those are all secondary. I know about the secret place of Gethsemane, where you are in that moment 
where you do not want to do God's will. You see, you, you imitate the master. Lord, take this cup from me. I do not want this cup. Abba, take this cup from me. However, not my will, your will be done. Hallelujah. And at that moment, the entire universe, glory to God. Whew! The powers of evil, the entire destiny of the sacrificed Lamb of God began. Yet most people ran away. The disciples ran away. Everybody deserted from him. You see, brothers and sisters, could it be in our life we go through the desert, God puts us in that holy place, that midbar, that wilderness experience, and we have friends and associates or family or whoever start to run away from that, okay? And as God is honing you in to the greatest triumph against the enemy and the powers of darkness, hallelujah, and that's going to happen when your will becomes his will. Death to self. I die daily. Hallelujah. It's the key, brothers and sisters. We're not living for ourselves. We're becoming obedient, and obedient is the greatest form of the love walk. Not just being patient and kind, okay? That's part of the package. But the, to be obedient, hallelujah, this is what he's looking for. And, and he's looking for bond servants. He's looking for bond handmaidens, if I use that word. He's looking for people in this hour, hallelujah, as everything that's being shaken. Just look at what's happening economically worldwide. What's happening with the, um, you name it. I mean, there's so much to talk about here, but I don't want you to get all caught up in the hysteria and the phobia and the fear of what's coming on earth. I want you to look up as our redemption draws nigh. He wants you to become a slave. When are you going to make that decision? I tell you, I knew the word of God. I knew how to confess. I knew how to do all these things, okay? But it wasn't until I did what I didn't want to do that the blessings came. I'm a living example for you guys. Many of you have been following our ministry for over 15 years. Come on, some of you just came on just recently. What is makes me tick is I it's no longer my will. I found that secret place where my will was guillotined, evaporated on that altar at Gethsemane. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And folks, come on, don't let phobia, don't let fear. He loves you, but you're going to have to go through this eye of the needle experience. And it's when you become obedient to what he says, that's when the blessings come. It's no longer you who live, but Messiah lives in you. Don't trust just in your the baptism of the Holy Spirit you've received. Don't trust just in your prayer language. Don't trust just in um, your confession of Jesus being your Lord. Don't trust in your altar. Don't trust in your pastor. Don't trust in other spiritual mentors you have or may have had. Don't trust in anybody except him. Lay your anchor in this hour under the anchor of Gethsemane. Come on, chain yourself to that place saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, if you ha-. you say, where is that place of Gethsemane? When you don't want to do it and you cry, Lord, take this cup from me, But out of wisdom and fear, you say, Lord, yet not my will, but your will be done. Because you love him so much. That is everything, hallelujah, that God needs. That's the sacrifice he's pleased in. That's the place you're going to find it. It's written in the scroll of the book. To do thy will, O God. Hallelujah. And it's in that place of obedience. Now, as you rise up and obedience, folks, listen, if, you do, if you're not obedient to what God's saying, you can't have victory over the devil. And what good are you to fighting the devil? Come on. Israel needs devil fighters right now. Israel needs help. God has put a love for Israel in your hearts, every one of you. Come on. Hallelujah. And I can't think of better soil 
to pour your hard-earned seed, your love. You, many of you have this supernatural love for Israel, and you want to bless Israel. You want to pray for Israel. You want to give. Folks, I tell you, I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot of the ministries, what's going on out there, except the ones I run into or maybe read about. But I know that I'm excited because this ministry has found the best place to, to sow our seed into, and it is helping the special forces, helping these David's mighty men, helping these people, hallelujah, that are defending the borders of this country, helping those, many of these officers I meet are live almost at poverty level. They need cars, they need supplies, they need clothing, their families need things. It's just amazing that they're, they're serving it with such a low salary and budget in their lives. I would love to bless them more. We at Delete and I have some great ideas to help them. But we need people to be obedient. We need people to understand that, that because of Israel's blindness, that we're partakers, okay, of their spiritual blessings. And if we've been blessed spiritually because of Israel, we need, not just giving us the Word of God, but the Messiah and all these other things. We need to bless them back materially. And I know how to take your material things, hallelujah, and not spend it upon myself. You're going to have to trust me, okay? We're not here to build out our own retirement account and have a life of ease, okay? We're here to take that precious seed, glory to God, and pour it into the best place where Jesus is being preached to soldiers, where soldiers are being taken care of, where men and women that are on the front lines have what they need against the fight against terror. Hallelujah. And until those people start to get born again, hallelujah, we're going to bless them. Because acts of kindness open eyes of blindness. Woo! Hallelujah! Second way you can help is obedience. Start obeying what God's told you to do. Hallelujah! And those things He's told you to do, you'll now have the spiritual anointing and authority that automatically is lavished upon those He's pleased with to join with us in this fight because Israel cannot win this fight. I'm telling you, the fight that's against Israel right now Okay, the worldwide, the spirit of Antichrist, Islam, you name it, jihad that is against Israel right now cannot be one of the natural. It has to be one of the spirit. And God is looking for those who are obedient. Hallelujah. That the God of peace may crush Satan under our feet. Woo! Hallelujah. So, folks, make it real simple. Just obey what he tells you to do. It's the highest form of love. And become a slave. Okay? Don't blow head gaskets. Don't get all worked up here. Listen, we are called to be slaves. Now, you're going to have to change your diet in the natural, but also in the spirit. Don't hang out in, in, these, in these places where they preach this destiny message. They don't preach the cross, okay? Come on, folks. You're going to have to find a place where the message of the cross is being preached weekly. The message of the cross is not just a salvation experience. It's a lifestyle Exchange. It is an exchange of our life for his life. We have to constantly have our minds renewed to the message of Gethsemane. Not my will. Your will be done. Why? Because your flesh is crazy. It does not want to do God's will. It's on a military conquest, okay? It wages war against the spirit. Read Romans 7 and 8. You'll find out what Paul went through. We have to stay in that place of death to self. We have to mortify our lower nature. And those who by the spirit are mortifying, put to death the lower nature. These are the sons of God. These are the ones truly being led by the spirit of God. If I listen to a preacher and all he's doing, you say, well, how do you listen to preachers? You're in Israel now. Because we got that same stuff on all the different Christian TV channels now coming to Israel. 
They pay a certain amount of money, and now they're they're broadcasting Israel. And, and I watch with an open heart and mind, to, and suspecting, okay, attitude. I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm saying, dear God, this stuff is a destiny message of self. They are not preaching the cross. It's all about how God can help me and how we can help one another. It's not the full message of death to self of dying to one's will, of taking up your execution stake and following him daily. And so what you're listening to is a message that feels good, sounds good, tickles your ears, but doesn't produce the results that God wants. Brothers and sisters, pull yourself back to ground zero. Say, Lord, show me Gethsemane. Show me what your will is. Hallelujah. Teach me to do thy will, O God. Hallelujah. I tell you, everything will get lots more smoother and supernatural and adventurous and exciting in your life when you get back to that place of slavery. Not a slave to yourself, not a slave to your own conscience, not a slave to your own mind, not a slave to your own job. It's not you're a slave. You know, it's off. You know, you have a bumper sticker on your car as you get up in the morning and go to work. I owe, I owe. It's off to work I go. Da 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 da. You want to get out of debt, folks? And you've been given to Israel. You've been given to our ministry. You've been given to other ministries. You've been given for years, and you still have carrying a heavy debt load. Could it be it's because there's a place of obedience you haven't reached? I say these things because I love you. Hallelujah, folks. When I obeyed God and left comfortable America, which I didn't want to do, and I obeyed God to move here. Okay, because I knew what was here. I knew the de- amount of demonized people that were here. I didn't really want to I'd visit here a lot, but I didn't want to live here. And I said, Lord, not my will, your will be done, and died to my will. Come on, hallelujah. And moved over here. Our debt, just our main debt, which is our house, paid for, gone. I was like, wow. It's that simple? I've been complicated. I've been beating around the bush all these years trying to get God to do something. Trying to believe God for something. And there were still some areas in my heart that was not totally obedient to him. Folks, get to that place. Uncover your hearts. Find out where you're not obeying him. And then enslave yourself back to him. I'm not talking about just dancing around, having fun that you are a child of God. I'm talking about becoming a slave of God, a bond servant. Hallelujah. Having a listening ear. Glory to God. Now, you're going to notice healing's going to break out as you're obedient. You're going to notice that relationships that God doesn't want you to be with are going to fizzle away, and God will bring in new relationships, friends, business partners, etc. God is going to cause this overflow of your obedience to wash upon your children and your spouses. Hallelujah. You're going to, wherever you set your hand to is going to prosper. You're going to notice a tremendous anointing to take on evil. Glory to God. You're going to notice a supernatural anointing to... to uh, Control your appetite, your lust, your ambitions, your ego, everything with the lower nature. So much easier to walk in that realm. Hallelujah. And then you're going to start smelling the love of adventure to go on and take evil out. Hallelujah. Woo. Be careful you're not drinking somebody else's Kool-Aid. Be suspecting this hour. Start looking at the messages being preached, okay? Because I see what's being funneled out of America and coming into Israel right now. And I'm shocked. I'm not hearing the message of the cross at all. Even from ministers that God's anointed and God has put a call on. They seem to be just centering in on how to please you to get an offering so they can keep on doing whatever. Folks, how about raising up an army? Bond servants, hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Well, that's what we're all about here. Brothers and sisters, we are, you'll see on our email here, you can read about what's needed this month and also this next month coming up. Uh, continue these awesome operations and the discipleship, the evangelism, and all the wonderful things that we're doing here in the morning hours. Glory to God. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's all good. And uh, again, let's move as one unit in a place of obedience that we can call out for Israel's salvation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! We can arrest the powers of darkness, the powers of the Prince of Persia, the false prophetic activity, Leviathan that's in the ocean, etc., and come against this thing. Hallelujah! Until Israel's blinders are removed. Glory to God. Let's stand in the gap for them. And the most effective way right now is pure obedience to the point of slavery, the joy of being his slave. We love you. We'll talk again soon. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us 
anytime, 24-7 at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.